And welcome back, everybody, to episode number six um, to the CC Football Podcast. Craig is with me again, as always, and we got another great episode today for y'all. Craig, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Excited for this episode. How are you? I'm excellent. You know, there was some great Champions League games uh, yesterday during the evening and afternoon time for me, and also some good Premier League games this weekend. And I think we're going to go through and recap them, as well as do our Who Am I segments at the beginning of the end to kind of bookend the episode. Yeah, so much to talk about. But yeah, let's get, we got to get started with the with the fun stuff first. So you want to go first this week? Yeah, so I'm just going to clarify for everyone the who am I, in case you forgot, it's basically where Craig and I have both chosen a player for that the other person doesn't know, or they know who the person is, but they don't know who we chose. And we're going to give them a series of clues and the other person is going to try to guess who it is. So we kind of edited the the clue order by removing their first senior club because that kind of gave away too much. So now the five clues that they're going to get is age, position, nationality, jersey number, and team. And the way it's going to work is after each clue, the other person will get two guesses to guess the player. And if you guess correctly on the first clue, you get five points, and then it goes down by one point with each clue after that. So we have a running table of the standings we've only done this one episode before this so in episode four and i have eight points right now and craig is sitting at 10 so it's pretty close and i'm going to look to try to make up the the ground all right let's do it uh you you give me your person first i think i went first last week okay sounds good so my first clue is age and i think this is going to be really tough and just for everyone uh to know also we choose a theme for the pool of players you can choose from each week. And this week's theme is Champions League. So we're both choosing from players who are playing on teams that are currently in the Champions League, the round of 16, excluding last night's results. So any team that was in the round of 16 is eligible. So that will be Juventus, Porto, Dortmund, Sevilla, PSG, Barcelona, Liverpool, Leipzig, Real Madrid, Atalanta, Man City, and watching Gladbach, <laughs> um, Bayern, Lazio, Chelsea, and Atletico. So those are the teams that we can choose from. And my player, my first clue is going to be the age. So my player is 22 years old, so he's pretty young. 22? Yes. Mbappe? No. That would have been too easy. All right, next clue. Oh, no, I get two guesses. Yeah, you get two guesses. Two guesses. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 22. Uh, Who is 22? (laughs) I will be really impressed if anyone guesses correctly on the first clue, but I guess that's the point of it, so. Um, I don't know. Jesus. No, another good guess, but I'll give you his position. So he is a center back, 22-year-old center back. Oh, don't tell me. Is it the, oh, what's his name? Jules Kunde from Sevilla. I do like him, but no, it's not him. Oh, uh, no. 22, sorry, young center back. Uh, who could it be? Is it Upa Meccano? How old is he? It is Upa Meccano. Let's go. Nice. Yeah, one of the best right. coming defenders in the world right now, Upa Meccano. So, Craig, you're going to get, um, what is it, four points. For that one. So four? Yeah, yeah. Four points, right? Because you got to include two. So so yeah, that was that was good. All right. <clears throat> Here's your first clue. My player is 20 years old. 20 years old. Oh my goodness. Is it Sancho? It is not. It's not. It's not the easiest player, but well, I think it's. I think you'll definitely get him. Oh, okay. I see how you. I see how you're playing this. Um, twenty year old. I don't even know the exact age because we're not allowed to have any notes or any, use any internet right now. So yeah, just guess uh, a young player. Tough. Right. So I'm just gonna guess Phil Foden. 
No, good guess though. Your next clue, what's my next clue? Position. Position. He plays, he's a winger. 20-year-old winger. Man. Is it, oh, is it Vinicius Jr.? Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Let's go. Nice. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to get it until the until the team. Yeah. Well, I was wow. I was trying to think of young wingers. Um, so we impressive. both get four points there. That's pretty impressive. Well done. All right. And then we'll do another round at the end. Yes. Yes. Well, let's do a score update. So what's our score? So going into today, I had I had eight points and you had ten, and we both got four points in this round. So now we are at. 12 and 14 respectively all right let's do it still in the lead all, all right. right premier league you want to start with premier league first yeah let's do it i think we'll have to start with liverpool then <laughs> um yeah. disappointing few results let's just talk about the last one so that we don't have to spend too much time <laughs> fulham sunday one zero yeah i don't really think that too much needs to be said other than at this point, I think I was texting you, Craig, that I'm not even surprised anymore when mm. they lose or put out a bad shift. I'm more just disappointed, I, I guess. Um, but at this point, you know, if if last year they put in a, any of the performances like they have since the start of the of the new year, I would have been livid. However, now it's just become just be something that I expect. And and I'm delighted when they put in a mediocre performance, but I don't think that the game this weekend was an example of that. Uh, they're just making the the challenge for them to reach the top four even harder, especially with some of the results this weekend and the other games not going their way. And teams above them were picking up points where they were not. So Yeah. Any bright spots at all from this weekend? Anyone play well or anybody... Yeah, I mean, I was I was glad to have Diogo Jota back, and I think that he oh, was yeah. really a, a big spark at the beginning of, re- of the year before everything went downhill. And and also, obviously, it's, it was great to have Allison back and goal, providing security, and um, he was back after mourning the loss of his father. So mm-hmm. great to have him back into the Liverpool starting eleven. But other than that, Which... I don't really know. I don't really know what much to say. Uh, yeah, so what's what's the outlook for you? What's your I mean, top four is looking tough. Um, I mean anything's looking tough at this point. Not just for Liverpool, but any of the teams who are fighting um, you know, for those European spots, like going all the way down to to I mean, Arsenal in tenth place are 38 points with a game in hand, and there's not that much of a gap between fifth and tenth place. So there's lots of teams fighting. So what, you, what what's your I don't know. How are yeah, you feeling I mean, about the rest of the season? I, I, I think that I think that Champions League is still alive, but they need to stop dropping points immediately. And that starts this upcoming weekend with the with their game then. But what I had to project is that I'm starting to try to envision a Liverpool team in the Europa League next year and trying to think of all these players that they've been linked to, especially the strikers because I mean we've seen a big drop off with Firmino recently and he hasn't even been in the he was injured uh this weekend but I don't think that it really affected the team that much so Liverpool have been looking to sign a striker recently and you try to you guys got a thing like which players the top players that they're being linked with are they really going to want to come to Liverpool and play in the Europa League probably not whereas they could go to any club that they want in the world and play at the same tier of football as the champions league and compete for the title every year. Right. So it's just making Liverpool a less desirable option, which makes their struggles recently going to be even tougher to, to try to turn around and try to resolve. Yeah. But, and not to be, not to be overly pessimistic, but keep in mind that only one spot is a guaranteed Europa, Europa league spot as well. So Still, top five finish is like if you want to guarantee Europa League, there's only one spot that's up for grabs. Sometimes a sixth place as well. So even that's 
nothing's a guarantee, but yeah, it makes signing. I know as a United fan, it definitely makes signing players much harder when you're not playing Champions League football. So hopefully they can turn that around at Liverpool. Yeah, hopefully. But we also saw a really interesting game. The Manchester Derby was first for a second. Um, Manchester United pulled out the 2-0 win. Craig. Yeah. I Well, first of all, I have to say that if, if um, the game had gone any other way on Sunday, then I would have been talking with, you know, very similar to the way you're talking about Liverpool right now, because the last couple of results, the last few results haven't been great for United. Just a lot of draws, basically. Um, boring draws. At least we're not conceding, I guess. But um, not good football, not good to watch. Crystal Palace was one of the most boring games I've ever watched. I, I didn't even, I barely made it through even as a United fan. But um, what a performance on Sunday, which means I can be positive today because that was not only was that, um, well, not only did we win the game, which any result in this season is huge on its own, but we completely deserved to win the game. And I was watching the game with a few guys here living in the guest house and um, no United fans, a couple of Arsenal fans. Um, and even they were saying, they said that it's by far one of the best performances they've seen. And they said by easily the best defensive performance they've seen this season. And I have to agree. And then even attacking wise, United were so dangerous. Um, I thought it was a brilliant performance. And you, we can, criti- of course, we criticize Ali when he, you know, when he doesn't play well or doesn't put out the right team, doesn't make the right decisions. I think he got it right with some injuries as well. Pogba's still out. Cavani was out. I think he he tactically got it perfectly, and I think the team did everything they they were expected to do out on the field. And you got to give credit. I've been given, you know, Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof some grief as well. Um, but it was almost everyone on the team putting a great performance. Anthony Martial deserved a huge shout. I think he got man of the match on a couple of the channels that were that were airing the game. Um, even though he didn't score, he missed he missed a very easy opportunity. But what a performance! Showed some confidence again. Um, the, at the back, we looked super – and Luke – oh, I forgot about Luke Shaw. Were you watching the game, Clay? Yeah, I watched it. And, I mean – What a performance. Just, yeah, he's been on top of his head right now, playing on top of his head. And it's really, really impressive to hold a clean sheet versus Manchester City right now, who are just scoring goals for fun, it seems like. Yeah, it makes it – and that's what makes it even more impressive. Well, here's the thing, also. We have to keep in mind that this is nothing new. Um, actually, so all he's broken all these records now. He's like the only manager um, that Pep has played more than three times who like he's beaten Pep more than Pep's beaten him, this, that and the other. We've always had a good record against Manchester City since all he's come in. And also Ollie just tends to every time he's like starting to be under fire after a string of bad results, which we do have very often, he'll just pull out the craziest result. We've seen it against City, PSG, Leipzig. We've seen it against big teams, and he just always pulled it out. And so it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. And it also doesn't mean that Manchester United are some amazing team now because we're always capable of pulling out these results. Um, We're also capable of following it up with another bad run. And so definitely can't get carried away, but can definitely appreciate how brilliant that performance was, especially, I mean, how special it is to beat City after they they were 21 games, not just unbeaten, 21 straight wins, I think, in all competitions. Yeah, um, which is just which unheard is of. Absolutely ridiculous. And so I think I saw all, a statistic that said that it was listing off the top winning streaks ever in the world. And some team from Brazil in the early 2000s ran off, I think, 25. And then it might have been City, actually, a couple of years ago. They got 20, in the like low 20s. But this was the third most um, – Third longest winning streak ever. Wow. In the history of all really? clubs in the whole world. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. I imagine Byron might be up there as well. Last season they had a lot of wins in a row. That's yeah. I mean, you you gotta give it to the city team. And in the in the big picture, it doesn't really matter too much. Um, it's just pride for city, but they're still gonna win the league, probably. They're still like eleven points ahead of United. But clean sheet, uh, I guess we should mention Dean Henderson as well. Another clean sheet for him while De Gea is – congrats to De Gea, by the way. He's just had a baby. That's why he hasn't been playing these last couple of games. He's in Spain. But, um, yeah, I thought it's always good for Dean Henderson. He's getting more clean sheets, which is always confidence booster for goalkeepers. So, hopefully he can, 
you know, still keep doing that until De Gea comes back. And who knows, he might even be, if he keeps pulling off clean sheets, he might might not be so easy for De Gea to just walk back into the team even when he does come back. So, yeah, lots of good performances. Yeah, a lot of, definitely a lot of positives to take away from that result as a United fan. As, I mean, any team that beats City 2-0 is going to be feeling on top of the moon right now. So, next game we're going to talk about is Chelsea versus Everton. And we finally saw Kai Havertz shine in, in his young career at Chelsea. He hasn't really done too much, and he's been heavily criticized because, you know, he's a very expensive signing. But, yeah, great performance by him and good performance by Chelsea. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, what we all expected to see Kai Havertz doing in the league this season. Um, he hasn't really done it, but it takes some time to adjust and and – you know, as long as he can start producing results like this um, more consistently, we all know he has it. And if he can start producing it, then I think Chelsea are going to be a very, they already are looking much more dangerous um, these last few weeks under Tuchel, um, who extends his unbeaten streak to, I don't know what the, what the number is, but but it's it's up there as well in the, the all-time Premier League records for new managers unbeaten streaks. Um, he's doing very well. Um, and a good performance from Chelsea, a good performance from Havertz, Timo Werner again missed um, a couple of good opportunities, um, but I think he's, I, I don't know, I just feel like he's going to start to grow into it as well. I think he looked bright against Liverpool, um, even though he, he had a goal ruled off, which was, um, I, I couldn't see why it was ruled off, but I mean, I'm not the VR official, so I guess it was offside, but um, I thought he looked bright against Liverpool, even though he missed some good opportunities. And so he's always running around. He's always making some good runs. He just needs to start getting on the score sheet and build the confidence. And yep. if he starts firing, Havertz is firing, Mason Mount is always firing, um, and they can get everyone else. You know, they have so much attacking talent. They can they can really be, be dangerous next season. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, it really is impressive, their their defensive record ever since Tuchel has came in to, and he yep. kind of switched them to a back three with the wing backs. It's it's been really impressive that they held Everton to only one shot on goal during the entire game, and you know Everton are they are not anything to be to laughed about, and with their attacking tools up top with DCL or Charleston, I know James wasn't in the game, but yeah, they have a lot of different options, and one shot on goal, and obviously a clean sheet with that is is pretty good for them. But yeah, one, one person I wanted to talk about is is Kristen Pulisic, like. As a, as both of us are Americans, uh, I don't understand why Pulisic isn't giving isn't being given the same chances that it seems that Tuchel is giving to everyone else in the squad. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one, and I've tried to. I don't know. It's hard for me to even when it comes to Chelsea's wingers or just attack in general. It's hard for me to judge the managers because there's just too many people. And I think that was one of Frank Lampard's problems as well, is just there's too many. They have, I mean, Timo Werner, Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, um, Callum Hudson-Odoi. I'm probably missing a couple more people. Um, Tammy Abraham, I know he's a striker, but, um, and there's like six, seven options. You can all play in those front three, four positions. And so, I don't know. And I, I saw Tuchel say something about the fact that I think he was joking. I'm not sure what he said that maybe it's working against Christian that I saw him at Dortmund and I saw how useful he could or how good he was coming off the bench. And so something to the effect that he knows how good he is as a substitute, like he brings on the energy and can change the game or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume that was a joke. Um, it's probably not the best excuse, <laughs> but I mean, do you, you can't really say much against Tuchel right now because Chelsea are they're pulling out the results and so um, it's it's one thing when 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 the team's doing badly then you can look at the manager but it's really hard to to criticize his decisions if the team are pulling out the results so yeah that's I true. feel bad for Pulisic but um, I mean yeah with as you said with all of the the depth that they have up front and on the wings it will be interesting to see I mean he hasn't he has been pretty good with with Chelsea, especially last year, he was really hitting his stride. But then he had a little bit of bad luck with injuries at the beginning of this yeah. year and, and still throughout the season. He's 
struggled to maintain his foothold in the squad. And with a team that's so deep as Chelsea, if you get injured, you're just going to, it's going to be the next man up mentality. And, and when you come back, it's up to you to, to earn your spot back. And it takes time and it takes a lot of good results and performances. And we'll see if, if he can get his spot back in the, in the squad, but if not, maybe we could see him moving on to somewhere different. Yeah, speaking of Chelsea's depth, actually, I have a question. So Marcus Alonso, he's been he's been really putting in the performances as well for Chelsea at left back, left wing back. How do you, which has obviously resulted in Ben Chilwell seeing much more of the bench than than he was seeing for the rest of the season, and then he's seen for a while, um, both on Chelsea and Leicester, and even on the England national team. And with Luke Shaw in the form that he's in right now, and Ben Chilwell riding the bench a lot of the times. Do we think do we think that England's starting left back spot is going to be going a different way in the Euros? Yeah, it's tough to tell. And also, I mean, we've seen we've seen England put out like Kieran Trippier on on the left back. Like they've been very creative with their wing backs because they have a, a plethora of of different yeah. options. <laughs> um, especially at right back, they have this so many of them, so many good options. But it will be interesting to see. I mean, I think that Showell. Right now, it's it's actually right now. I think it's Luke Shaw's to lose right now, just because of the performances he's been putting in, and the fact that United are sitting in second, whereas Chelsea are in fourth. And you know, Chilwell is, I think is still in the the chosen eleven. If if Tuchel had to put out one team for a game, uh, like a big game, for example, he was in the starting eleven when they played Liverpool a couple or last week or something. So yeah. I, he still, he still has, is getting a lot of game time, but definitely not as much as what you would have expected um, when, when Lampard was, was managing, but. Yeah. Yeah. Knock on wood, but it's, it's almost like it's the perfect storm right now for Luke Shaw because he's really um, well, in my opinion, he's been really good the last two seasons and he won, you know, United player of the year and tons of things. Um, but it's hard to appreciate him, especially not as you, if you're not a United fan, hard to appreciate him because he wasn't putting up the actual numbers as far as assists. It's easy to watch him as a United fan and go, oh, he's so solid. He's solid defensively. He's giving us a lot attacking-wise, but no one else was really appreciating him. He's at the next level now at, at the same time that his main competitor um, has, I don't know, is having troubles with the new manager and not getting to play every weekend. So it might work in his favor, but we'll see. I, I think if he keeps this up, he'll definitely be on the plane. Um, uh, if there is a plane, because all the games might be played in England, I guess that's the rumor. But um, okay. he'll definitely be on the team if he can keep up the performances. But we'll see if he can if he can beat out his competition to actually take the starting spot. Yeah, all right. It's interesting to see that. I mean, England's England has a lot of different options and decisions to be made with their their team selection when the Euros come, and that's going to be a really exciting time that we can look forward to, and maybe even do a segment um, in the future either picking a squad or, or doing some sort of prediction for that. So yeah, mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that this summer a lot, especially because as a Liverpool fan, that will mean that the season's over. So, <laughs> so yeah, just quickly, we're going to touch on West Ham versus Leeds, which everyone ex- expected to be a pretty fun game to watch as is most Leeds games. And once again, West Ham pulled out a win and, Another team on top or ahead of Liverpool in the table is is picking up wins, and so their their gap towards the the fight for the top four and maybe even I guess the top five is becoming increasingly more difficult. But yeah, West Ham are really are really actually putting a name in for themselves for European football next year, which could be huge for them. It's a um, it was another huge result. Um, because Leeds are not that easy of a team to beat because they really do attack pretty well. And it was a good result for West Ham, but not necessarily the best performance compared to the last few performances, especially defensively. Leeds had a lot of really good chances. Patrick Bamford surprisingly missed two golden opportunities um, to score in the box, and which was shocking. Plus, they had another few really good opportunities Leeds did. And so West Ham looked a little bit more shaky defensively than they have previously but um i mean in this season you can't ask for anything more than to be pulling out the results and i for one would not be surprised to see west ham finish in that top five 
um, in the top six um, by the end of the season because they're really showing some steel as well to pull out the results. Um, Jesse Lingard again, another goal. He, I mean, it was a penalty, but he won the penalty. Second, second time he's won a penalty. This time he actually got to take it. Um, he missed the penalty, but scored the rebound. So a lot of jokes about how he did that intentionally to, to add to his open play goal tally. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's been seeing that sometimes rival fans make fun of you for, for scoring penalty goals or something, but he, uh, well, I've never another... heard that happening before, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another goal, another really good performance for him. Um, hopefully he can keep it up and if him and the rest of the team can keep performing, um, then, oh, by the way, Mark Noble. I saw something apparently Mark Noble wrote has written like an open letter saying that to the West Ham fans saying that he's going to be, be leaving the club next year. Um, after a while there, their captain, very experienced, very loved player. Um, so that's really sad news. I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes, but hopefully we get to see some more of him this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, let's, let's move on to the, the champions league and recap some oh. two games that we saw yesterday. were just both, Excited. Nice. We, we knew that the Sevilla Dortmund game was going to be fun to watch, and it was. It lived up to the hype. It was <laughs> exciting, and it was really fun. And Erling Holland is a dream for any team that needs a number nine. And you know what I was referencing earlier about talking about how Liverpool are looking for strikers. I mean, Holland would be my probably my top pick right now for who I would want to go for, and I just don't think that that's going to happen for Liverpool, but he is a really, really good player and a really, really promising player. Um, yeah. And Sevilla made it interesting. They did. What, what a game and what a player, by the way, Holland, that, that goal that he scored, that was ruled out. Um, well, can you talk about that for a second? Cause I'm still not entirely sure what happened. Were you watching the game or did you watch highlights? I watched the, I was watching the Porto game. So okay, I didn't okay. actually watch it live. The, um, I flipped, so I was watching the Sevilla, uh, the Sevilla Dortmund game, and then I watched the extra time of Porto Juventus. But I'm still not sure what happened with the second Dortmund goal. So he scored. It looked like they were looking at a foul in the box, that, but the guy ran into him, so it didn't look like a foul at all to me. It was a clean goal, brilliant goal. And then I was watching it with Dutch commentary, so I wasn't getting the full story. But um, <laughs> he, but then they ruled out the goal. Um, I'm assuming for for a foul by Holland. But then they said that before that whole thing happened, there was a foul in the box on Holland and gave a penalty. And I've never seen anything like that happen before in my life. So they score a goal, they rule out the goal, but give a penalty that happened. I don't even know how long before. Uh, I didn't even remember the penalty incident at that point. Then Holland walks up to take the penalty. He misses it. Um, It's, well, it's saved. And then, uh, Bono, I think Sevilla's goalkeeper, saves the rebound. They get a third shot that's blocked, gets out of the box. They go down counter at the other end. The referee blows the whistle and Sevilla gets to the other end and brings it back for another penalty because Bono jumped off his line. Um, and so Holland retakes the penalty, does score this time, although Bono does get a hand to it, and then gets a and yellow card. And he goes card. up to Bono and, and yells <laughs> in his face. That was hilarious then gets a yellow card for screaming at him. And yeah. it's just one of the craziest, like, five, ten minutes, five minutes of, of football I've ever watched. And I just, I couldn't figure out what was going on. But <laughs> I can't even the imagine drama. watching that in a, in a foreign language. I would not be able to follow at all. I would just be, I would think that my stream is, is glitching, I think, because. <laughs> <laughs> the drama was insane. And then Sevilla, they were down. I mean, they're down. They were 5-2 down. At, uh, at one point, and then aggregate down 5-2. They scored a penalty, won a penalty, 5-3. And they score with a minute left on the clock in injury time to make it 5-4 aggregate. Keep in mind uh, that this is this is a way for Sevilla. And so if they score um, a third goal, then these teams will head to overtime, I think, because um, they would have had to extra time because it's the same number of away goals for both teams. And and not only do they score with only a minute left in the clock, they actually win the ball back and get the ball back in the box a couple times in that last minute. And they had a couple guys who had in the box seven, eight yards out from goal, the ball at their feet. They had time and they just, they passed it around like two or three times for no reason. I couldn't figure out why. 
they just needed to take the shot and they didn't take it. They just passed. They were trying to get the perfect shot and they just needed to, to yeah. shoot it. And then they're they, trying they to be ran out of time. Right. Yeah. That was that a good been, game. That would have been the game. perfect ending to that game as well. Or it wouldn't have been the ending. It would have, that's what the game deserved would have been to, to go into extra time with two injury time goals. But yeah. unfortunately we didn't, but we did see extra time um, yeah. in the, the game that you were watching. Yeah. The Juventus Porto game. That was a true roller coaster of a game, you know. It had everything that you could have asked for. It had oh, yeah. lots of goals. It had drama, you know, late goals, extra time. Um, and yeah, and so going into the game, Porto were up two to one on aggregate, and that was Juventus's away leg. So they were at home this this game, and um, Porto won a penalty in the first half. So they were up. Then they're up three to one. And so it was really an uphill battle for Juventus. And then pretty much at the very beginning of the second half, someone gets on Porto, gets a second yellow card to get by punting the ball away to kind of like wasting time. You know how uh, players do that. So the referee yeah. gives him a second yellow for punting the ball away and time wasting. So he gets a red card. And oh, yeah, actually, before that, uh, Juventus had scored once, once. So it was yeah. it was four three, and then so Porto are now playing. They ended up playing about seventy minutes of the game with ten men, and more than that, three, right? Huh? Including extra time, it was like including extra time, thirty. Yeah, yeah. including. Oh yeah, yeah, seventy minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the the red card is in the fifty fourth minute, so you had about thirty five minutes in normal time, and then what? 30 minutes, 30 minutes effective time. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So then they're playing with 10 men and basically now they're now, now you're just 10 men behind the ball and Juventus are just nonstop crossing it with Quadrado and they have so many different chances where it looks like they're going to score and, and Porto's keeper just make it miraculous save to, to keep it out. And eventually the Ju, Juventus scored once. And then, so then we went to extra time because it was, Three three and equal away goals. So going to extra time and Porto get get a a crazy crazy long free kick goal and it was nuts. It was nuts, <laughs> and, but it was a great free kick. But I gotta say, dude, you gotta save that if you're Chesney. Like you have to save that goal. You know. Yeah. There's also some hate for Ronaldo saying that he should have done better on the wall. Um, yeah. Okay. The ball went like right through him pretty much, but. I mean, maybe yes, but the ball is – the goal is so far away, and the ball is just – I know he hit it really hard, but it was just running down on the ground. And you got to palm to it. you just got to have stronger hand, I think, and cover your yeah. cover your goal. Uh, there's no excuses for letting someone score from that far away, I don't I don't think. Uh, yeah, great free kick. Um, great very free close kick. I don't want to take away from it, but I do think that part of the blame has to be on Juventus and their, and their keeper there. And then – yeah. To make things even more interesting, in the 117th minute, so you have three minutes left in the game, Rabio scores a header, and and so... But, but Juventus need to score two goals. So, right, uh, so, so yeah, because then at that point, Porto had more away goals. And right. and so Rabio scores a header, and they have a, few, a couple other chances to, to win the game, and Porto, but they fail, so Porto end up going through on away goals, and yeah, that was a crazy game. I think really got to give props to Porto for for Could not be happier for them. Quite the performance. With, Twice. Yeah, exactly. Not only did they show up once and then come back and get beaten, but they showed up once and they came back, had some things go against them, and they still figured out a way to win. And you can't say that Porto don't deserve to go through on this in this game. At all. With ten men too. With ten oh, men, really. You know, there's that at that point the the ball is in Juventus's court to knock them out of the of, yeah. the of the leg. You know, especially when you're you're playing a team like Porto, who you're triple the size of in almost every single aspect of of yeah. world football. And and yes, but I do want to say yeah. one thing is, is that the the away goal rule in the Champions League is I had a little bit of an issue with it and. Like it just gives, I get it during normal seasons. And, you know, the fact that theoretically home, home field advantage, 
it's harder to score an away goal than it is a home goal, right? But we saw this actually last year with Liverpool versus Atleti that, and when they went to extra time, that the team who is away during extra time, they get the benefit of the doubt basically because they get 30 more minutes to, to, to try to score, right? So it gives them an advantage and I don't really know what, what the right rule would be, but maybe I guess after, so that each team gets an equal amount of time as the away team, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the, the alternative would just be to, of course, they're, they're obviously okay with doing extra time penalties because still a lot of games do go into extra time penalties. So the alternative would just to be just send all games that are tied after aggregate to, to extra time penalties using the logic that, okay, both teams have had the same you know, chances to play home and away. And then, but, um, so I, I, I understand the criticism of the rule. I, I actually like the rule, not because any logic or anything, just because I think it adds like a whole nother layer of complexity and excitement to the game. Like scoring an away goal means so much um, to teams. Or like, for example, for Porto yesterday, scoring that goal was so massive because it was worth two goals almost essentially for them. Yeah, it was. It or was. maybe a goal and a half. Um, and it just, I don't know, for me, I like things that like change the game up a little bit, but uh, logically I can see why a lot of people don't like it, especially this season when some of the games aren't even been playing um, in the home stadiums because some countries aren't allowed, aren't allowing to host games. And, and also, even, even the if games they were in your home stadium, you have no fans. There's no fans. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, but that's the way it is. And in this case, I think Porto fully deserved to go through anyways. Um, and, uh, yeah, Pirlo's season goes from bad to worse. So hopefully he can turn things around. Yeah. Maybe we'll be seeing another Frank Lampard Chelsea situation with maybe a player getting, getting sacked and former legend getting sacked actually. So, um, yeah, Craig, this is the third year in a row that Ronaldo has been knocked out before the quarterfinals. Um, so he has, he's failed to make it through the round of 16 in three years in a row. He lost to Ajax two years ago. One year ago, he lost. They lost to Leon, and then obviously they just lost to Porto. So it's been a tough. Yeah, time. it's. Um, I don't know. You got to respect Ronaldo for, um, for his confidence and like he knew he didn't need to leave Real Madrid by any means. Um, they had just won, you know, three Champions Leagues in a row. They were doing well. He was a legend. He still is a legend, of course, it's Ronaldo, but. He, he wanted a new challenge. He's like, I've done it in two leagues, or he, I guess I've done it in three leagues, technically, because Portugal, I want to do it in a fourth. And he took the challenge. And, and I mean, especially for his age, he's done well. You can't really take away from him. Um, he's, you know, top scorer and everything like that. He's still producing at his age. But you do wonder how many more trophies could he have added um, maybe if he stayed at Real Madrid, because that deal hasn't worked out for Madrid or for, well, Ronaldo as, as far as, like, winning trophies and things like that. How much more could he have cemented himself if he had stayed? But I don't think he's really he he's I don't think he's really taken away too much from his from his legacy just because he hasn't won the Champions League in the last few years. He's won plenty of Champions Leagues before and he's still producing at, at however old he is, which is nuts. And so um maybe from a career perspective, maybe not the best, but you gotta respect his his decision to go take a challenge and um, that's always how he's been. He's never shied away from a challenge. So, yeah, I, I don't see the criticism too much. Um, I see the criticism for Juventus, um, but Ronaldo, I think, yeah, he's Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would be interesting to see if he, because, you know, with this Juventus side, it, it looks like they are a little bit lacking direction right now, and you don't really know exactly how they're going to turn around and make them another Champions League contender and Ronaldo's contract actually runs out in at the end of next season. So he only has basically a year and a half left and it'll be interesting to see what, what they, what he does after that, you know, uh, it, maybe he'll yeah. come back to Manchester United or something. We don't know. That would be maybe, I mean, he does have a good chance of, of, well, maybe not. He has, he has a definite chance of winning another trophy this summer because Portugal is going to have a very, very strong team. Um, I mean, from back to front at the Euros with him, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandez, Joao Felix, Ruben Diaz at the back, Joao Cancelo. They're, yeah, they're they're got, strong, they're they got a strong side, for sure. Yeah. 
But yeah, right. okay. Should we just that concludes all of the recaps of the games that we have to had to talk about. I mean, man, two you, more, two more games coming up today. Yeah, I mean, the in a couple hours here, I'm gonna be nervously watching the Liverpool game. Uh, so hopefully they can. Honestly, I think at this point, maybe the Champions League is the their best winning the Champions League, which sounds completely unrealistic for them right now, but winning the Champions League might be their best path to getting in, Staying in next it. year. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, either game today, I think would I think um, Barcelona or Leipzig going through today would be both games would be like, it would take a real surprise because I mean, Barcelona are down four one and Liverpool are up two zero against Leipzig. And so um, I think both games, it would take a real surprise for the result to be different than most people think it's going to be, but that's how football is. We've seen it before. So I'm excited to watch them. Plus I think we got, um, Premier League tonight as well. Man City, Southampton, um, making up the, the game that they need to make up those teams. Um, so that'll be interesting as well to see if Southampton can can find their feet. They had a good win over Sheffield. How are they going to do against City? City are going to be out for blood tonight. So we'll see. Yeah, I can we'll see, see a, a very ugly game incoming there. So Southampton know, know how that feels. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, right, I think it's time for... Who am I round two of today? Yeah. So I gave you my player first last time. So do you want to go ahead? Yes, I will go ahead. Um, and I'm actually having, oh, I might be having second thoughts about the player that I chose. Um, might be too easy. Might be too easy. Yeah, I think. Um, okay, you know what? I know who I'm going to pick. I know who I'm going to pick. All right, give me one second just to pull up all the information to make sure I don't give you any uh, any wrong information. But, all right, I'm ready. So what do you need first, his age? Age. All right, <clears throat> this man is 31 years old. 31-year-old. So, yep, so definitely older than, than the last guy. Mm -mm. Yeah, okay. Let me think here. 31 year old. So he's a little bit, he's a veteran. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to go with Pjanic on Barcelona. Miriam Pjanic. Oh, no, it's not him. I do wonder how old he is. I think he's a little bit younger. But yeah, it's not him. Oh, no, he's not. He's 30. Yeah, yeah. He's 30. Okay. I was, I was close. Okay. Yeah. Um, if not pianist, 31 year old. Um, this is good guess, good guess. Yeah, that's just what. Oh, uh, is it Benzema? It's not Benzema. How old is he? Uh, I'm looking it up, but he's 33. So okay. a little bit a little older, bit but I mean, you're guessing, you're guessing around. It's hard to get right on the dot, but you're guessing yeah. around the right, the right age. Yeah. Okay, next. Oh, next. Um, Position. Position. He plays. Um, this one's tough because he's he's moved around, <laughs> and he still does. He's moved around through his career. He's very very versatile. Um, I guess I could, I could best describe him right now as an attacking midfielder. Thirty-one-year-old attacking midfielder, but he also yep. moves around. Oh, he's so versatile. Brilliant player. <laughs> uh, oh, the Di Maria? It's not Di Maria, no. Uh, okay. Good guess. Good guess. It's attacking midfielder, 31-year-old. It's tough to tell here. I'm thinking really hard, looking at this list of teams, trying to think about who, are, who I plays. I think you'll get it. I think you'll get it after the next. If you don't get it in this guess, I think you'll definitely get it after nationality. Okay. Is it Thomas Muller? Oh, no. You got it. Oh. <laughs> nice. Dang it. I was hoping to take another point away from you there. Um, All right. Oh. So that's four points again, right? Good guess. Good guess. Yeah, it's hard to say. Position for Thomas Muller. He plays the tacky winkler now, but I mean, I grew up knowing him as a forward, and then he's moved to the wing. He's He kind of plays everywhere. Yeah. What a yeah, player. For sure. For sure. All right, so my guy, 
I have a good person cooked up here, and I think that you're going to love it. So, all right. All right. So, my player is 28 years old. He's in oh. the time of his career right now. 28. Huh. Um, who am I going with? Madrid, PSG, Barcelona, Liverpool, Leipzig. Dortmund. Nah, the Dortmund age thing doesn't really narrow it down at all. You just have to kind of take a stab at someone you think is in that ballpark of, of age, you know? Yeah. I'm just going to have to <clears throat> just going to have to guess. 28. How? Uh, I'll guess Mo. I think Mo's around there, like 28, 29. Mo Yeah. I think he's 28. Yeah. Is it Mo? <laughs> no, it's not Mo. No. Okay. Um, Okay, so one more guess for 28 years old. Who should I go for? 28. Oof. Um, I feel like this was the, like, a tough age because the players who are really young, obviously. Yeah, you know the young ones and you know the old ones. And right. you, know, you don't know how old the people in, in the middle are. Exactly, exactly. You just know that they're in the middle. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll go for... Uh, PSG. Oh, Ender Herrera, maybe? No, no. I think he's actually a little bit older, maybe. He's 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 getting up there now. All right, next clue. So the position, right? It's position? Yep. Okay. So kind of like your last guy. Oh, no. Very versatile. He plays as... I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now, and I'll just tell you, he's listed as an attacking midfielder slash winger. 28-year-old attacking midfielder slash winger. Um, attacking midfielder slash winger. Royce? He's older than 28, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's older than... No, not, no, no, not, not Royce. That's a bad guess. Oh, that was a horrible guess. He's definitely... <laughs> um, Draxler? I think he's younger, though. No, it's not Draxler. Yeah, this is tough, I guess. Oh. So clue three. So we're down to a maximum possible of three points that you can earn here. Um, oh, no. His nationality. Nationality. This might make it a lot easier. So he's Brazilian. Oh, wow. I was not expecting him to be Brazilian. Okay, so Brazilian... He's listed as an attacking midfielder slash winger. Yeah. Interesting. I was going to guess Tremino, but first of all, I think he's older, but he's definitely not going to be listed as a winger. You're going to be kicking yourself after this one. I can tell you that. Kind of like the one I was kicking myself last episode when we did this. About yeah. Giroud. Giroud. Yeah. 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 An attacking midfielder slash winger, and he's Brazilian and he's 28 years old. Who am I missing? Brazilian. Brazilian, so not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. Um, PSG, who's PSG's midfield? Uh, no, they have Marquinhos, but he's not attacking midfielder or a winger. Um, Barcelona, no Brazilian. Madrid. I'll give you a hint here is that he's a past Champions League winner. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be so easy. How am I missing this? A Brazilian attacking midfielder slash winger. Um... Oh, you're going to be so mad at yourself. Oh. 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 I think I know who it is. Who is it? <laughs> it's got to be the one and only Felipe Coutinho. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, my second, oh. did my extra clue help you out? No, well, maybe subconsciously, but um, I just started, I, as you were talking, I was thinking, I decided to just think of the Brazilian national team. 
Um, And that's how I figured it out. Mm. But maybe it in the back of my mind, it helped, but but I don't think it did. But wow. Yeah. Not even with Barcelona, but he went Bayern last year. Bayern. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, honestly, I don't know if I would have thought of him earlier anyways. And I don't feel, I'm not angry at myself. I think, of course, he's a massive name, but he's been a little bit on the periphery. Definitely. But, oh, that's a good one. So what's our, what's our score update? I think I'm yeah, still so up on You got three point. points there. Um, yeah. And I got four, four points. So that leaves us with a grand total of 16 points for me and 17 points for you. So I make up a, a little bit of ground. And okay, it's still right. really, really close. So, yeah, I like this. I a like ways this to go. Pretty fun. Yeah, we got a ways to go. I think that maybe we could end the counting at the end of the of this of this season, you know, uh, and that would be kind of a good culmination point, so we yeah. can reset or something. Champions League final. Yeah, Champions League final will be the last one. Maybe we could do some sort of special edition. Who am I segment for that? Like, yeah, couple points or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But kind of just going as we go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. But there's a lot of good, a lot of exciting games today. I encourage you guys to watch Liverpool if you want to be sad. And, <laughs> and yeah. So next week, we're going to try to do another kind of game night episode type thing, right? Yeah. And then we can also try and do another. Um, we'll do, we'll do, maybe we'll do a similar episode as well following the game night next week. So midweek, we'll re- recap Champions League and Premier League, do something like that. Um, yeah similar we'll see so that sounds good good time yeah. though it's always good, good always be... good recording yeah for sure for sure um all right thank you guys and we'll catch you guys next time see you all later bye-bye